0: welcome to another edition of the cyclone fanatic podcast it is episode 65 of stands and fits presented by the professional mba program at the ivy college of business at iowa state here in the carl chevrolet studios you know what would look really good with a professional mba program degree from iowa state what a brand new Chevy truck from Carl Chevrolet yeah because you'll get a better job and then you'll be able to afford awesome trucks like that exactly you could maybe get a Camaro Mm -hmm. or or all the above oh yeah you could have multiple cars you could have all of the Chevys and you could get them uh, for phenomenal prices at Carl Chevrolet in Ankeny at the Rock or in Carl Chevrolet of Stewart as well what's going on man
1: just a normal uh Wednesday for me what about you yeah. Last I known you were prepping for a DMX concert. What how'd that go?
0: Dude, it was it was a legendary experience.
1: Um, on your ranking of concerts that you've done. Yeah. That you've seen, where do you, where would you put DMX at?
0: Man. Here's here's how I will categorize this. I so I've been I was after the concert I was trying to think about all the concerts I've been to. As far as the pure experience of everything, man, it's probably top two or three. Mm-hmm. The actual show, I don't know. It was fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was DMX at 48 years old is about what you would expect. Yep. But just like everything that came involved with the entire night made mm-hmm. it a, a legendary experience. Just one, one of those unforgettable type nights.
1: Yeah. So do you think the the venue kind of added to it cuz it's it's always nice to see artists performance in, in a place like Woolies. It was at Woolies, right?
0: Woolies, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: so it's a, l- a little bit smaller than like an arena or, or
0: Yeah, I mean I think that that like was that. cool and I, I don't know what the crowds that he performs in front of mm. are like usually. Yeah. And I, it, I, I mean it was packed wall to wall. Probably so.
1: much bigger 10 years ago. Right. I would well, yeah, 10 I don't 10 15.
0: It was the crowd. Let's just say the crowds were much bigger three trips to prison ago. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was, it was completely packed. Everybody was fired up. It was, it was exactly what you would expect a DMX concert to be. Yep. And I've been to a lot of rap concerts. It was really funny to... I could tell that Chris hadn't been to many rap concerts <laughs> or Travis Hines or even Sipker. Shocker there. So I just... I, I don't think they really knew what to expect. Yeah. And I'd been to a lot of shows at Woolies. Mm-hmm. So that's what... I, I had a pretty good idea of what we were going to be walking into, mm-hmm. regardless of how good DMX was. I was i was like, you know, this could be really bad. Mm-hmm. But I know that D, that Woolies... Shows at Woolies are usually pretty fun. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was kind of where I went into it with the the expectation. And it was... Exactly what I would expect it to be. Mm-hmm. Where you could smell the concert two blocks away. We were sitting yeah. at the locust tap and and I'm sitting there and I you, I was like I looked at Chris, it was just me and him. I said, Do you smell that? <laughs> He's like, No. I was like, Oh. Smells they're, like a DMX concert. <laughs> yeah, it smells like a DMX concert in the East <laughs> Village, man. Uh but yeah, I mean and it it was really fun. Like mm-hmm. I said, I don't know that he performs in front of crowds like that very often. Yeah. And it just was it it was just remarkable. from
1: the video you posted. I think it was on Instagram. I could just tell it looked it looked like everyone was really getting into it, which yeah. is what you want to do when you go to a concert.
0: Well, yeah, and and it was just it, it's not like I said it was so ridiculous to be seeing Dmx in Woolies mm. as a like this forty five year old version of him. He sounded really good. I thought man, he sounds yeah. He sounded almost he sounds exactly exactly like what you expect him to. Yeah, and he. I think Chris talked about this. He did one verse of every song. Oh, I don't think he's got the. Uh, stamina, stamina to to do with the entire songs. Yeah, man, one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen in a concert though is he tried to get up on this stack of speakers. Mm-hmm. It did it tumble. Down? It like a stack of three speakers. I think everybody in the are- in the venue. <laughs> When he starts trying to climb these things, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> don't hurt yourself. <laughs> ex, ex, we don't want to see you die here. <laughs> yeah. And he was the only one who was hyped up about getting up on top of these speakers. Everybody else is, like, holding their breath, waiting to see what's about to happen. Yeah. And then they wheel the speaker out onto the the stage for him to stand up on top of, uh, after he'd like mother F the speakers (laughs) stack and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it was the speaker's fault, obviously. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, so
1: then what, what was the biggest song of the night then that you got, got the biggest reaction?
0: Oh, it's the anthem, dude. Rough Riders anthem. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, at least for me that one, uh, what these bitches want also a high level song. And it's just, I didn't anticipate him doing that one. So that was kind of funny. It, it, it was one, like every song he did, I was just like, man, yes. Uh, he's playing the hits. <laughs> Nerd out know? a little bit, yeah. Right, yeah. he Like DMX is out here playing the hits. I'm not going to get mad about being able to hear DMX uh, do some of his, his cuts, mm-hmm. you know, just, just in person. And I mean, I think that the everything that took place after the show was really what made it, you know, interesting in the end, where Chris gets the picture with DMX, Oh, did he? I didn't see you that. You didn't see that? No, I didn't. Have you not heard this story? Uh-uh. Go oh, on. Oh, my goodness. What happened? So the show gets over. Uh, we'd had a few pops mm-hmm. at this point, obviously. Yep. Uh, and Chris said, all right, let's go to a bar. We walked around for a while trying to find a bar that didn't have that many people in it because it was just the four of us. We wanted to sit and, like, talk. Yep. And we walk across, We walked past this bar, and Sipker says, hey, this one's pretty much empty let's just go in here okay cool we go in there uh sitting in there for a while we started talking the bartender was from stewart so Mm -hmm. shout out to carl chevrolet stewart there you go uh it was meant to be it was meant to be so chris was talking to him about the the dirt track in stewart naturally yeah we were talking just about all kinds of just random stuff about uh about that about small towns and stuff and somebody came and tapped me on the shoulder and they showed me their phone. It was one of Chris's friends. I I can't remember his name right now, but, um, and it, apparently Chris had told him to come to this bar. He Googled it to figure out where it was and he showed it to me and it said the name and it said gay bar underneath. Oh, really? I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) it's like everything all of a sudden really clicked into place for me. Yeah. You know? We're just so looking around the environment. The you're, like, people, yeah. you're just like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So this is where we're at. And, yeah. it, you know, it, it wasn't a thing where I was like, man, we got to get out of here. No, yeah. it was just like, oh. Didn't, okay. didn't realize it until you, until you saw it on Google. Yeah. And uh, that turned into Scott Sipker showing the bartender his drag queen photos. Oh, um, lovely. And while this is going on, we decide that we're going to finish our beer. We're going to go somewhere else. And... Um, I went to the bathroom. Chris and Travis went outside. I go to the bathroom. I come out, walk out the door. Immediately, as, immediately after I walk out the door, Chris puts his phone into my face. He looks, he looks at me, look what just happened, you know, oh, bragging no. to me. And I was like, and I look, and it's him and DMX. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God.
1: Was he just out walking around?
0: Yeah, he just walked past. Wow! Right after they walked out the door, they he walked past, and I look up and I saw him g- about to go around the corner. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, I'm catching him!" So I kind of went like went off following him, and I got right around the corner behind him, and I said, uh, "I said, hey X," and his uh, bodyguard came up, put his hand on my chest, and he said, "He's like he ain't taking any photos, bro, uh, bro. He's done with the photos." So Chris got the last one. Yeah, and I was like, uh i was like no that's cool and I, was, I just was like hey i uh enjoyed the show and yeah appreciate you dog <laughs> so yeah well at least you have the memory dmx appreciates me at yeah. least as, as i remember that but yeah uh didn't get a picture with them we started to go to another bar and then we found out that dmx was across the street at a at a different bar mm-hmm. and um I'd never heard of this bar before. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We got there. They told us it was a ten dollar cover. Oh really? And I was like, a ten dollar cover? I, I don't even know where we are. Well, like let's this- see, what night of we- what night of the week was this? A Wednesday. Okay, yeah, that's that's high for a Wednesday, especially. And then he, the bouncer said ten dollar cover, and I was like ten dollars. He he looked me dead in the eyes, deadpan. Dude, DMX is here, <laughs> and I was like. Man, you're right. Yeah, you've got Here's a Here's my $10. <laughs> Here's my $10, sir. And I uh, gave him the $10. We went in. You know, I, Chris has said this. Like we, DMX is a, a reformed man. Yeah. You know, he blessed us at the concert. We, we prayed with him. He gave us a nice little sermon. Uh, just about, you know, how you can turn your life around and stuff like that. And I have some concerns about how. W- what kind of public persona Dmx is putting out, and, what and really what's is. happening behind the scenes uh, a little
1: bit? So was he was he pounding them pretty hard or something? Excuse you.
0: Sorry, uh, I don't know how much. You know how much do you divulge from the Dmx after party that I paid ten dollars? I think I can say about whatever <laughs> I want, but uh, no, we he's sitting in a corner. Chris and I are kind of on the on the other side, just like watching people watching. Yeah. He had one guy that was standing there pouring Hennessy straight in his mouth, holding the bottle of Hennessy. He would pour it in his mouth because DMX has his arm around two girls yeah, of course. sitting right there. Yeah, And Chris, I think Chris said something. He was just like, man, how do you become a DMX groupie? You know, mm-hmm. how do you become the girl that's chilling with DMX? That's a really where, good question. Where does your life turn to where you're chilling a 48-year-old DMX before because after his show?
1: I would think those groupies... I don't know. Would, do you think they would be from Des Moines or do you think they would travel around with DMX? I have no idea.
0: I have no clue. Mm-hmm. It was remarkable. Mm-hmm. And it got to... So the night escalated to the point where I literally was like, I need to leave because something is going to happen that's going to like bring this down. I'm just going to go yeah. when everything's going good. Yeah. And uh, so I was the first person to leave mm-hmm. out of the four which probably would be m- most people would probably not handicap it that way <laughs> yeah i would i would have guessed that probably
1: heinz would have been the first one to turn in personally
0: i'd also probably at that point had the the most to drink so, yeah. so was, y- you were ready yeah it was it was time to go home and uh but it was it was where like i got home and my roommate was still awake mm. and i told him this whole story i don't know how coherent it was at the time <laughs> but i woke up the next morning and. I had a text from Chris and it said, it just said, never forget the night we ended up at a DMX after party. And all of a sudden it just all came back to me. I was like, man, we were at DMX's after party. That's
1: right. Yeah. D- so yeah. The Des Moines DMX after party.
0: So yeah. I, who knows if we'll ever see DMX in the capital city ever again, but at least we had that one night and <laughs> no one can take it away from and now. No one can ever take that away from us. Yeah. Good for you guys. Yeah. I'm glad you had a good time. It was, it was awesome. But, um, all right, but there's been some news in Iowa State world. Yeah. Caleb Grill commits yesterday. Mhm. Three-star guard from Kansas. I've kind of given my take on this. What uh what do you think?
1: I mean, again, at this at this point in the game, any kind of high school prospect that you can get and especially one who's a higher three-star, I mm-hmm. think is what He ended up being the the highest ranked in the class, I believe, according to 247 composite. They were the least,
0: highest ranked player in the class? Yeah. You there's can look no, it up. I appreciate it.
1: They they uh Updated him today, and I'm pretty positive he ended up being the highest ranked in this class. But
0: man, that would make me feel really bad about this class if that's if
1: that's (laughs) the the thing is. I think I think they've got a lot of sleepers in this class. They're not necessarily. He did.
0: Wow, that's well. He's not the man. He got bumped up a lot. Yeah, he's
1: like a 90 or something now, isn't he? On their on their scale.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's a 164 now. And I want to say Trey Jackson was the second. He's at 164 in the top 247. Wow, I did not see that. That's, the more you yeah, know. Yeah, that uh, that's shocking. So he, he's obviously – Up 333 spots. That's the Iowa State bump right there. Yeah, no kidding. My goodness, that's crazy. Um,
1: nice jumper, but at the same time, he's not, a sh- he's not just a shooter. He's got a little bit of athleticism to his game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I saw Chris retweeted uh, Gabe Hibben on twitter and the comparison he had made was dante divincenzo okay and i think that's a fairly good comparison
0: wasn't da- dante divincenzo like a top well yeah 40 recruit though
1: yeah but at the same time we're always comparing you people who are well known
0: Divincenzo, uh 247 i'm gonna look at what his recruiting profile i'm sure was. he was top like 50 yeah i no, he was 124. So, man, Aussie. I guess it really wasn't that much <laughs> different. He was a 92, and Caleb's a 91. Yep. Yeah, I did not see that. Wow. Uh, that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not that surprised, though. I figured that once he got some more exposure and stuff, and then they got it, some people got more of a chance to look at him, mm-hmm. then he would go up. I didn't, I didn't anticipate him going up 300 spots. but. Yep. Um, and so while it's a great pickup, and definitely
1: will make the team better in future years. I do think they still have some work to do if they want to get back to the point where they're definitely
0: a contender next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't think... You can't expect Caleb Grill to come in and be... You can't expect him to replace the production of, like, Lindell Wigginton. Right. I mean, a lot of people have made the Matt Thomas comparison, Mm -hmm. and I I remember Matt not being... Mm -hmm. I mean, being pretty underwhelming... As a freshman, for say, what I think everybody expected from him, if if I remember correctly, I'm pulling, I'm looking it up now.
1: Coming but, out of the high school, I would say that Matt Thomas was a better pure shooter, but I think yeah. Grill is probably more athletic than Matt was.
0: 5.5 points, 2.1 rebounds, 33% from three. Yeah, like we would take that from Caleb Grill next year, wouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, I I would. Yeah. The difference is that he was obviously on a really good. Like,
1: yeah, Matt had some, Thomas had some
0: dudes around him. Matt
1: Thomas had – yeah, he was on that uh, DeAndre King team right. his freshman seo- season.
0: Right. Uh, but, yeah, he went from shooting 33%, 33.6% from three as a freshman to shooting almost 45% from three as a senior. So. Yeah. Uh, you remember early on in Matt Thomas' career, it's
1: just kind of a confidence thing. He just had to work, work yeah. his way into the game.
0: I think that he could be a solid contributor in year one and two, but he'll be a guy that by year three, four – will be yeah. will be a very very good player. We'll
1: be looking back in 3 or 4 years and being like that was a really good signing. Right. Underrated yeah. signing, I would say.
0: I definitely agree. I think he's going to help them win a lot of basketball games too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I the, and to hear he seems like a good to kid. To hear that
1: he grew up a Cyclone fan and his favorite play was that Matt
0: Thomas dunk against Kansas that one year. That yeah. was that
1: was pretty cool. I thought that was a cool story.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about him being a Cyclone fan. Mm-hmm. Like I asked him about that yesterday and he just said it was how they played. He yeah. was just drawn to him, so. It's exciting. Yeah. It's crazy to think that kids are, like, now growing up.
1: Having looked back at the Fred <laughs> yeah, Hoiberg era. looking back era. at the
0: Fred Hoiberg era. Yeah. He was, like, 10.
1: Yeah, that's, that's exactly that it. So, yeah, that would have been 2013, 14. And it's, what, six, seven years later? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, almost
0: six years. You're right. So he Since would, the start he, of
1: that season. He would have basically been in middle school or around there
0: at that point. Yeah. And, like, when Fred got hired, he probably would have been in elementary, high yep. elementary man that's crazy we're getting old <laughs> <laughs> you can say that again man um
1: so anyways we got uh who, we got a couple other people on our radar as far as recruits go
0: yeah so moving on from obviously you get him i don't think they're gonna i can't imagine them get looking at any more high school kids no uh, at this
1: point they need a immediate impact guy
0: right and you got the John tucker situation um sounds like they're gonna be in a good spot with him mm-hmm. i don't know I mean, he's, he's obviously he, got some other good schools coming after him, but
1: and he can still technically try to go to the NBA
0: at this point if he wanted to. That's the thing that I think is the wild card there. Yeah, I would be. I don't know how to work I, this. I, I think I, I would I, not be shocked either way if he went to Irish State or if he went to yeah the NBA. Because I
1: think if you have a, a chance at the NBA, again, it's kind of like the Taylor and Horton Tucker situation. You could come back and you could benefit from more, but at the same time, if you got the chance to go to the NBA, it's hard to turn that down.
0: I just don't know. He's not going to the combine, is he? i don't think so no so i mean he would have to really impress in workouts i'm sure yeah the the question with him will be is he just a guy who put up big numbers on a bad team i mean yep. little rock's been really bad since chris beard left yep. so uh but no i think he's good enough to be where you could at least expect him to replace some of the production you lose in lindell Wigginton. Mm-hmm. um i think obviously we know that you're going to get a bump from tyrese yep we we feel like prentice can come in and and probably give you close to double-digit points every night. Mike's sounds a, like, a
1: double-digit point guy. Sounds like uh, Nixon is doing very well on, on ball defense as well.
0: Yeah, he's just a grinder. Yep. Uh, a guy that they probably could have really used this last year. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I, I, I think that if they can get – if they get Rayjean Tucker, that, just, just him. John Tucker is A-plus of that possibility. Right. If they got just him, all of a sudden, I think they're a tournament team again. Yep. I, I do. Uh, there's enough talent there Agreed. and the, especially with as good as the front court should be yeah uh as much as you bring back there and then just hoping that those guys can step up into bigger roles then yeah. I, I do think that they'd get back to the tournament
1: because i do think that the, the freshman class coming in has a few guys who could develop into into big time scorers but i don't think that it's safe to count on any of them to do that this year
0: no and that's what um no, I don't imagine the freshman making as big of an impact next season as they did for the team this year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look up what Tyrese ended up on 247.
1: Wasn't he the lowest ranked of the four that came in?
0: I think so. He was 173. So right around in that same range that Caleb Grail was. Okay. Uh, I knew that they that they had to have been close. I, I thought I remembered that right. But yep. um, yeah, I... I wouldn't be surprised if Caleb Grill plays some good minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Jackson plays some good minutes. Yep. I still think there's something out there for Terrence Lewis, too. There, it, whoever can step up and be a perimeter shooter,
1: they're going to get minutes on this team.
0: Yeah. I think the most interesting one that they're looking at right now for me is uh, Rashear Bolton the mm-hmm. the Penn State from or the transfer from Penn State.
1: Yeah, he's their uh, second leading uh scorer last year, correct?
0: Yeah, second leading scorer as a true freshman uh would have 3 years of eligibility gotcha. remaining. Uh is a sit out guy.
1: Yeah, and he's he's a 6-5 guy, isn't he? Yeah, something like that. So he he'd be nice a little length on the perimeter, which uh-huh. would be good.
0: Yeah, if they can get a guy like that, then you he would be I think a really good sit out guy for you. Yep. Um kind of in that Mariel Shayok mold. Yep. You know. Uh, and then correct me if and I'm And then wrong. Javon Johnson yeah, will be Yeah, Javon too.
1: Johnson, you said he was visiting uh,
0: soon, correct? Yeah, he's coming. He'll be on his visit starting tomorrow on Thursday. Okay. So they'll be here at the same time, basically. Rashear Bolton is coming this weekend as well. So uh, the, those visits will kind of overlap a little bit. Gotcha. I do think if if I had to put a guess on it, two scholarships open – I would say, obviously, number one is Rajon Tucker. Yep. That's like priority number one. Agreed. I would say probably Bolton is two, mm-hmm. and then Javon Johnson is three. That that would just be my guess if I was yep. looking at it as an outsider. I'd agree with that. As a as an outsider. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anywho.
0: Yeah. Uh, I. If you can get, I think, man, I think if you get Tucker, if you get Bolton, even when Bolton sits. That, like I said, I think that's a tournament team. I yeah. think you get back to the tournament again and you give and you battle for the top half of the conference. Yep.
1: Any scenario where we get Tucker is a home run. And then if we just get Bolton, then that's fine too. But at the same time, that's gonna, we're going to be going into next year with a few more questions than we would have had otherwise.
0: Yeah. And it's still, I said this to Chris yesterday, just right now with the way the roster is currently made up, seven of the 11 guys on the team are freshmen or sophomores.
1: Man. So it's scary, but at the same time, there's a ton of potential.
0: Well, which, which is even, I mean, if you get Bolton, then it goes to eight because he's yep. only going to be a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if you get Rajon Tucker and you add one more senior, yeah. then you still, and then you get Bolton, like you're still basically, I mean, it's a, that's a young team. Yep. You know, uh, but on the bright side, the, a lot of those guys that are young, for the most part, have played a lot of basketball for Iowa State too. So. Yep. Uh, I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, One other interesting thing I thought that we could talk about today. CBS Sports released their rankings of the Power 5 coaches. Mm -hmm. Matt Thomas, or not Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas clocking in on the football (laughs) coach ranking list. Matt Campbell comes in at number 19, up 11 spots from number 30 last year, ahead of uh, names such as Scott Frost, Mike Leach, uh, David Cutcliffe, Paul Crist and Kirk Ferentz.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting.
0: What do you think? Um, I am not surprised
1: that he has moved up so much. I think they've really garnered the attention of the national media, mm-hmm. especially the last year after they made the Alamo Bowl. Um, of course, the the thing that stood out there was he's he's in front of Ferentz yeah. on those rankings. And I think... I think the
0: thing that makes it that way, though, is a, it's like a appeal. Like, if you're going to yeah, hire
1: a new coach. that's And that's the exact thing. And plus, if you, it, I'd like to think about it, too. If you handed any of these coaches a completely average team, uh-huh. what could they do with that team from day one this year? And I think that if you put Matt Campbell up against Kirk Ferentz, I think you could argue that Matt Campbell could do more with that roster.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Just based on uh, based on what we've... Seen here in the oh my gosh did, what that, happened did that just say what i thought it said i'm pretty sure it just said that the jonas brothers are coming to des moines oh boy uh, I, could, I could be wrong though i think it was like a Seat geek notification and i swiped it away before i could look at it uh-oh um, well i'm sure it's on twitter i might, it, I it might it just got announced i might be wrong but uh if that's what it said then that that's a game changer it uh is. man that was the most like teenage girl <laughs> thing i've ever said in my life uh We'll, we'll be talking about the Jonas Brothers yeah, later on the podcast. Yeah, we will. Um, what, what were they talking about? Oh, yeah, I, I do agree with you. I mean, And I think that when you're probably in, like, that 15 to 20 range, a lot of those guys are probably interchangeable. Yeah. I mean, Tom Herman, I think, was in that grouping. Yeah. Uh, There's a couple other younger guys that were all right around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe... 247 had him in the top 10. Had him in number nine. Matt Campbell? Yes. Woo!
1: That's pretty high. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I put him that high no, yet. No,
0: no. I that's get, a, that's a trying to get clicks from Iowa state fans.
1: Exactly. Uh, poll, which is definitely a thing. Whenever people do something nice about Iowa state, they know that they're going to get a mm-hmm. crap ton of retweets. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, um, wasn't it? Who, who was the top big 12 coach of the group? Was it Lincoln Riley or
0: I would have, Patterson? I would guess it had to have been Lincoln Riley. I didn't hear. I, I had it pulled up on Twitter. I think, man, Rock, if it wasn't Lincoln Riley, I would be they absolutely were, shocked. They
1: were both in the top 10. I'm pretty positive.
0: Looks like, yeah, Frost was 25. So Campbell was the first Big 12 coach at 19. Herman at seven. Oh. oh my goodness! I don't know if that came through on the on the recro- on the recording. Oh my goodness! Oh. I kind of hope it did because that's hilarious. I hope it didn't because that just blew everybody's eardrums out just like it blew mine out yeah we have to go back (laughs) uh no we're good uh texas (laughs) herman at 17 gundy at 12 man that's kind of crazy patterson at eight and lincoln
1: riley at four so wait why do you why do you say that gundy at 12 is amazing you you, you think he should be lower
0: yeah i don't know about that i don't know about that
1: i mean he didn't have a good year last year but i mean they've been pretty good consistently the last decade or so
0: yeah yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably right. I, I don't know. I wouldn't call Mike Gundy the twelfth coach in college football, but that's yeah. just my personal opinion. Uh, Chris Peterson ahead of Lincoln Riley. Yeah, he's at number obviously three, wasn't the he? yeah obviously one and two are obvious, but what? Yeah, right. Nick, Nick Saban, Dabo Swinney. I know. How would you? How could you ever guess? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think that that just further shows the respect that Campbell has. Gotten across the country at this
1: point. Agreed. And you would think that as long as he gets a couple more seasons of, you know, seven, eight, nine wins, he's going to keep rocking it up there.
0: I would say this will be the first time when Iowa State is good this year, it will be the first time that everybody's not surprised that Iowa State's good, you yep. know?
1: Because, uh, again, last year they were coming off the first year of being good. And at that point, you could point at that and be like, oh, it was probably just a fluke. Iowa State's going to go back to the seller. Yeah but now that we've got 2 years a row of being good you kind of start to expect it
0: right i think year 3 is when it when you solidify yourself mm-hmm. where it's like uh you stop being the plucky underdog yep. and you go into being the they're like okay this is the real deal yeah. this isn't just like a, a group of guys under recruited people and you know this you know, the young coach and stuff yeah. like, no, this, they're really building something.
1: And so often too, you can you, like a, a football team will be really good because they have a couple of really good players mm-hmm. and you, and you could make the case for that uh, for last year with obviously David Montgomery and Hakeem Butler at the same time. I think the depth is so good that we aren't going to see a, a major step back of any.
0: Yeah. So I, and especially getting the Michael Pettway yep. on the outside. I, they're going to be good, man. Yeah. I I really feel like they're going to be really good. Agreed. And dude, and if they get game day, Man. Which which I'm getting close to the point now, where I would be more surprised if they don't get it, yeah, than if
1: they do. And are you thinking it'll be the Iowa game? Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I think so.
0: I think so too, dude. I I think that I think that'd be cool. I don't know. He would. Be. I, I get why people say that, but at the same time, it's still in Ames, and like yeah. everybody's saying that we got to share it with Iowa. No, like it's still Ames. Ames is the one getting showcased. Yeah. You know, and. You know, it, people want to get a look at the, the, it could go the rivalry from, too. The rivalry can go from being El Asico to like being actually a good
1: yeah, well-respected rivalry across college football. Yeah. The one the one thing that would make me mad though is if they they split up like the segments about the the game into Hawkeyes and Cyclones evenly. That would make me mad. Don't they do that usually though? Probably. I mean, Still I don't I don't get to watch game day near as much the anymore. The first time they come to Ames, I would just love it to be completely pro Cyclone. So, yeah, and I think that's why a lot of people don't want Iowa involved.
0: Yeah, so. I think they know they have to know based on when they came for basketball how crazy it will be. Yep. If they do that, that game's got to be at night too, doesn't it? I think so. If, if they, if that's what they did.
1: Um. Uh, well, actually, I'm not sure it has to be at night. Well, no, I'm just saying. I feel like you got it. Like, oh if yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, if that's
0: how it is, man, then that be, that yeah. game better be the ABC primetime Kirk And again, in Town. I, I don't thing. think there's
1: that many good games that week. No that would be over the Cyhawk robbery. So.
0: That would be big time. Yep. Jack Trice under the lights for Seahawks? Yeah. That
1: that crowd could potentially be the best crowd in Iowa state football history.
0: Man, if they had game day and a night game on the same day. Oh, that would be a rowdy group. Yeah. There'd there, be there'd be 60,000 rowdy or <laughs> yeah, 60,000 rowdy pre rowdy people. Yeah. Uh, that I don't even want to know what the arrest numbers would look like in names on that day. It would be bad. And there there, there might be riots. There yeah, legitimately. Yeah. The the lots would be like a, a war zone. Yep. Uh, all right. You got mailbag questions? You got yeah. Anything? Do we have anything else to add? Uh, no,
1: I don't think so. Okay. Let's do mailbag questions. All right. First mailbag question comes from Jay Hunzi. Realistically, can you ask Jared where Joel Embiid has been the last few days? Because he clearly wasn't in Toronto or Philadelphia. Where has Joel Embiid been the last few days,
0: Jared? He's been battling illnesses. Hmm. I don't know. He had gastrointestinitis. Last week sounds like wasitis. He had a upper respiratory issue mm. last night. Excuses. And <laughs> yeah, no, I can't even. I didn't. know I, I can't watch even pretend. The no, they got their freaking asses kicked From, last night, dude. From beginning to end, that was just a completely awful, awful performance. And was
1: it part? Was it? Partly because the Raptors were so good, or was was Philadelphia just that bad?
0: I think the Sixers look like there's some guys on the team that are ready to go to Cabo or wherever they're going this summer. So are you, are you gonna name names of who those who those people are? Well, let's just say that one of them's a former number one pick in the NBA draft. Ah, I see. That's kind of surprising. I'm starting to, I'm souring on him. I'm souring on his game. I mean, he has no outside, jo- yeah, no outside shot. Yeah, outside shots. Can't so. shoot the does not even can't shoot. The, doesn't shoot the ball. Refuses yeah. to shoot the basketball. That and, it hinders your offense so much. Yeah, and, and he just was like, when he's moving around, he's running into people and dragging his guy in people's way. And yeah. if they bring back Jimmy Butler, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they tried to trade him while his, his value's still high. Would you rather have Jimmy Butler at this point over Ben Simmons? Yeah. Because, well, right now, if you trade Ben Simmons, you're getting something good for him. Yeah. Trade him to a bad team. He he seems like the guy that will put up big numbers on a really bad team. So would you want to trade for picks, or would you want to get a good player back? It just would depend on the package, Mm -hmm. you know. I like I don't know what would you trade to LA
1: fetches right. I I have no idea what the cap space situation is like, but I mean I figure the Lakers always want to do something, so
0: that would be interesting. I haven't thought about it enough. Mm -hmm. Maybe get Lonzo. If yeah, guys, get Kuzma, get yeah. Alonzo. Yeah, I'd do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe a pick. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'd have to look in the scenarios a little bit more. But, yeah, I, I fully expect Brett Brown to get fired and to see. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if Ben Simmons plays his last game for the Sixers That's pretty,
1: tomorrow. That's cr- pretty crazy looking back where they were, like, even a couple of years ago. I think there was a lot of optimism.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I just think we're finding out that their games don't fit that well together. Yeah. You know? And the fact of the matter is that, It's harder to find a what like joe when when he's playing well he looks like he's the best player in the league yeah you know when he's really looks like he feels good and he just looks like he's got a really good vibe about him he looks like he is the best player in basketball yeah and but at the same time when he isn't playing well the whole team just looks terrible yeah and i don't know i the my thing with simmons is it's like what have we seen him do you know, the only good game he's played in the playoffs was the one when Embiid didn't play in, Brook, in the Brooklyn series. Yeah.
1: So basically what you're saying is, yeah, they, they can't necessarily coexist as good as they should be able to in order to win a finals.
0: I think there's a reason that you've seen Jimmy Butler get really buddy-buddy with Joel Embiid over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. Gotcha. I, I think that Jimmy Butler, I, well, we clearly know, Jimmy Butler knows how to play the game. Yeah. We've seen that lots of times already. And I think he's positioning himself to make sure that he's in the right yeah right side of right side of the battle on that one so I'm even I don't I don't know that they like each other that much just from what I've heard before Simmons and Embiid I mean whenever I've watched a 76ers game it never seems like they're that buddy buddy no I don't think they like each other very much but Mm -hmm. that's that's like Embiid's city right now (laughs) he's got that city in the palm of his hand yeah uh, but yeah, no, the Sixers did not show up last night. I don't know where they were. I don't expect them to show up tomorrow. Are they down what now? Down 3-2. Down 3-2. Okay. Season's over. Going on vacation. That's what they're ready for. Um, nuggets update. Nuggets are up 3-2, right? They are up 3-2. They're going to Portland tomorrow night to try and close them out. That's right. So good for Monte. Might be I think day. that game, that series will go 7 though. I, I can't so. imagine Portland. Those guys play too hard. Mm-hmm. Good team. Yeah. Anywho, anything else NBA you want to talk about? Before we move on? The Warriors are going to lose. I'll just tell you that. All right, I, don't, all right. I don't need to give you any more context than that. Warriors are going down in this series, yeah. All right. I, I'm all in on the Rockets. I think everybody's just done with the Warriors crap. I think even the Warriors are done with the Warriors crap. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Kevin Durant goes to the Knicks in the offseason? I don't know. Yeah. Would I, you I like probably, to see him I go do. to the Knicks? Uh. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I'm so distant. Uh, I'm just so soured on Kevin Durant after the last three years. Yeah, that he could, I don't know he can do whatever he wants to. I'm I'm not gonna ever forgive him. Yeah, for being a little beta snake, snake. beta b word. Ah, yeah. All right. Uh, all
1: right. Yeah. What's all the next right. one? One more mailbox question from Scotty P. If you worked for a potato chip company and you could create a new flavor of chips, which flavor of chips would you create? I think for me, my favorite food, if I had to name one, would be steak. And I don't feel like there's ever... Steak chips? Yeah. And I, I, it's not necessarily that great of a flavor idea, but at the same time, I think there's potential there. If you can come up with something that tastes even remotely like steak and do it well, then that would sell really well.
0: Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting.
1: I mean, because... I it's... don't know. I... Um, another thing, I, th- I think at one point, didn't Lay's have the flavor contest and one of the flavors was biscuits and gravy? Yeah, and more... I feel like
0: we have like every flavor of chip that we need. Uh, you know, trying to think, there's more. Mm. Like, how goofy can you get with your chips? Pretty dang. Well, I know you can get pretty dang goofy, but does that can can we and should we are two completely different things. Well, we talked about this with the pigs on the uh, the, f- the last episode. <laughs>
1: I feel like if
0: if there's something
1: salty that hasn't necessarily been done on chips, yeah. then you can try that. Because I, I think chips are meant to be salty. If you, if you go sweet with the chip, that's just an abomination.
0: Here's my thing, though. If For you right now, you're 26, mm-hmm. right? As a 26-year-old man, like what kind of chip would come out in stores that you would see and be like, yeah, I'm going to buy that? I feel like by 26 years old, me 24... You know what you want in a chip. You already know what chips no, you like.
1: You're not wrong. But at the same time, if it was a, if it was an intriguing flavor, like again, if, if a steak flavored chip, if Lay's released a steak flavored chip today, I would be like, I'm gonna try that at least once. And I, I wouldn't have normally other if if I'm walking past it in the grocery aisle and I've never tried that chip, I will buy it just to try it once. I'm not gonna not necessarily gonna be a repeat buyer, but it it, it will get me to at least make that initial purchase.
0: I feel like I'm just too deeply ingrained in in my current
1: yeah, chip habits. Like I'm, I'm a full-on Cool Ranch Doritos guy. Right. Like, go I go to.
0: I'm not gonna change up my, what, what already works. Yeah. You know, just keep making the chips and making them good. That's all I care about. Yeah. If they, if they ever got rid of Doritos in general, I, I might just, you know. It's like the Oreo thing. No way. Why? Like Oreo only puts out these goofy things because of pu- publicity. Yeah. That's the only reason that they do it, and it's all about just trying to get their stuff to go viral on Twitter. But I mean, half the time, and get it works. Darren Rovell to tweet it out. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: you gotta wonder how much they paid Darren Rovell to do that stuff. Because I'm sure, I'm sure companies, some companies, have. Oh, they paid send him, to, him stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Did you see where Nike sent him his shoes that he wore in like the Chicago Marathon? <laughs> plated in gold. Really? Yes, in a box. Man. Once you're th- once you get that big and you start doing that like that all the time,
1: it's basically you're basically an Instagram influencer. Except he's on Twitter, obviously.
0: Yeah, so. he oh, he is, dude. He's got like five million followers on Twitter. Yeah, that he's is, just a huge alive. nerd. Just like yeah. likes some of the like, the things that he follows are uh, so weird. It's the things he'll tweet about.
1: Him, wh- what did he do? Did he do the 20 yard dash or the 40 yard dash? And he was like so slow. It was
0: the 20 where he just yeah. looked ridiculous. He looked absolutely. He looked like he was hunched all over
1: and going yeah. like I yeah. don't know. It was.
0: Well, have you seen when he played one on one against Chris Stapps? uh i may have oh it was, that was a while ago. it was horrible it? Yeah, it was, yeah that was quite a while ago i mean he's just like the most unathletic guy yeah ever he's the uh classic old guy who should not be doing athletic stuff yeah and the, yet these companies keep bringing him in because he's got five million <laughs> followers on twitter yeah all right we'll uh do hot not and pick four after the break on stands and fits presented by the professional NBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State in the Carl Chevrolet studios on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time how can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers, and everybody needs to be aware of I care. I wasn't for a long time, and I went to Ames Eye Care and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care. And you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care. Designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Welcome back to Stands and Fits. Time for hot knot.
1: You have no whole hot's this week, so no I hot's to, this week. I'm disgruntled. Yeah, you're uh, very pessimistic this week. So I'll I'll kick it off. Two knots. Um, not. not. I have the solo hot this week from me. Um, I entered my wife into uh, a Wheel of Fortune. Like I I, I applied her for Wheel of Fortune since she's a Mm -hmm. a teacher and uh, she enjoys watching Wheel of Fortune. That was three or so weeks ago when, I don't know if you saw, but they had their wheelmobile like come through.
0: Yeah, they did auditions like in Osceola, right? In Osceola.
1: We didn't go to those, but it kind of reminded me that, hey, my wife's a teacher. Maybe I should just enter her because they they do teacher week quite a bit. Mm Mm-hmm. So I entered her um, online and basically last week we got an email back and they're, they're like final auditions that are in Des Moines on Thursday. Or excuse me, Tuesday next week. She was one of the random applicants. Seriously? <laughs> so she and I are both going to the audition on Tuesday. Are you you get to participate too? Yeah. She said uh, – the application said if you want to bring on a partner, you're allowed to. So we are going to both do it. So there's I – th- I think – only i can't remember what they said but only so many people get to go to the final auditions and it's like a massive drop down for the people that go to like the wheel mobile events and all that stuff yeah so we're just like a couple steps away from being on wheel of fortune so
0: there's a reasonably high chance that you'll be on wheel of fortune uh
1: if we don't screw up royally bad because I, I think the audition process uh once you actually get there is like you go through mock like wheel of fortune stuff like you call out letters and they just want to see how you know Mm -hmm. how normal you are essentially if you'd be good on a game (laughs) show and then you have to fill out like they give you
0: how normal you are or how not normal you are exactly
1: yeah um and then they give you so many uh puzzles like on pieces of paper that you would have to fill in like Mm -hmm. and just see how smart you are essentially um and so if you do good on you know the in-person stuff and the, the smart side of filling out those puzzles then you might be selected so
0: that would possibly be the greatest moment in the history of stands and fits if you got to go on wheel of fortune that would be amazing E-
1: e- either me or my wife, or if we make it as a couple. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll see. Uh, if you could go on any game show, what would it be? Um, that's ooh, that's a good question. I, back in the day, I would have loved to go on Deal or No Deal. I,
0: okay. Just because. Like n- in its heyday.
1: Yeah, in its heyday, because I feel like you, that's a pretty easy show to walk away with like a hundred thousand dollars, and I wouldn't want to go all the way to the end because it's very unlikely that you pick the million dollar case. Yeah. But I think you can make a, a pretty. It doesn't take uh, a lot of luck or smarts to be good at Deal or Deal if you know what you're doing.
0: Yeah. What about you though? Which which game show would you go on? Um, One, if I like, if I there was like a friend week, if my me and my friends could go on Family Feud, I think that we would kill it at that. I love Family Feud. Just because, I don't know. I think we would do really well at that game. Yeah. That that would. I mean, me and my family probably would, too. But I know specifically just how my friends think. We would all do really well at that game. Yeah. Uh, but, no, if I could go on any one, it would have been the original Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Oh yeah. with Regis Philbin. I love those. When it was, like, a huge event every yeah. week when the millionaire was going to be on. Yep. That would have been what I wanted I, to do.
1: I want to say it was, like, every Sunday night. Either, either Saturday or Sunday for a long time, we watched Who Wants to Be a Millionaire growing up.
0: Yeah, before they took it to daytime with yeah.
1: – uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, I can't even remember, but the blonde, I know who you're talking about, Yeah. but yeah, the, uh, the original one where like the, going to come y- to me, you, you get, um, once you get to a thousand dollars and once you get to $32,000, those are your fallbacks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Man. Yeah. That'd be fun. Just because of the potential, if you, if you answer 15
0: questions, right. Or whatever it is, then you, you get a million dollars. That game would have been so I, I think I would be perfect for that game because I just have a very like wide net of really random knowledge. Yeah. You know, Yeah. just really stupid things to where it. I would, I think I could do well at who wants to be a millionaire where you're not going to trip me up too often with something crazy. And
1: to like, I, I was always, if I had to take a test, I was always a thousand times better at multiple choice tests than I was. You right. know, fill in the blank. Yeah. And I think a lot of people say that, but at the same time, it's a fact.
0: Yeah. So. I, I, yeah. I was the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Uh, <laughs> my first knot is Iceland, the entire country. 25 years ago today, Gordon Bombay led the united states team to a gold medal in the junior goodwill games over the (laughs) those douchebags from iceland and uh just had to be a reminder i will never visit the country of iceland because everybody came off so bad in that movie i will never go there i refuse my uh if i go it will only be so i can (laughs) crap on the grave of the coach of the iceland (laughs) hockey team
1: man so great day in American history. Yeah, my uh my in laws went to Iceland and uh they have pictures on the wall and it's actually very beautiful. But I understand your perspective. I totally understand it.
0: Did they try and find the coach so they could punch him square in
1: the nose? No, I'm pretty sure they would have zero idea what you were talking about if you were to mention that. So
0: I wonder how many people out there I should probably say Mighty Ducks two yeah. is what uh what this came from. But now now you get the reference everyone listening. Yeah. I saw that on Twitter today. I was like, yeah, that's I I hate Iceland. Anytime I see anybody talk about Iceland, that's the first thing I think Technically,
1: you could have turned that into your knot and been like, yeah, Team USA, they won 25 years ago today. But... Yeah, but we always win. Yeah, you're right. Red, white, and blue. Forever. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Uh, My knot this week. Presidential candidate, Beto O'Rourke, disgracing Iowans everywhere by eating real Casey's pizza, like dinner pizza, instead... Uh, breakfast pizza and he called it breakfast pizza and he basically it's, it's the kind of political pandering where he took that video and he's like oh yeah i'm here eating casey's breakfast pizza trying to win over votes but it's
0: definitely not Was he like aware that he wasn't eating casey's breakfast pizza or he just like didn't know that's the uh
1: the grand question i don't think we really know
0: because that changes things if he was really trying to pull a fast one on us thinking that we're that stupid <laughs> here uh that we can't recognize the difference yeah between Breakfast pizza, it's, just
1: normal pizza. The, the pizza you can clearly see it has uh, like I want to say veggies like and olives on it. And if anyone's ever seen a Casey's breakfast pizza, that is definitely not an ingredient. There's like veggies breakfast pizza, isn't there? There is, but it's not like you don't you don't put olives on Casey's breakfast pizza.
0: Okay, I I don't know. I wouldn't get any of those things on a pizza anyway. No. So
1: well, I mean the traditional Casey's breakfast pizza you look at it and it's like eggs and bacon
0: and you know all that yeah. normal stuff. I'm I'm a sausage guy, but yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, no I. That's what I would be interested to know. Did someone just tell him that he was, had to eat Casey's breakfast pizza I'm while sure, he was here?
1: <laughs> I'm sure it was one of his campaign like you know, directors, and they were like, oh, yeah, you got you to go there and get that pizza and eat it. But he probably just
0: didn't realize it. Yeah, he had, probably had no idea what he was doing. Was probably he was just honest, doing what someone told him. An
1: honest mistake, but at the same time, you, you got to fact check those things.
0: Well, I guess we know that nobody in the state of Iowa is going to vote for Beto.
1: Yep. Sorry, Beto. Your uh, presidential campaign has come to an abrupt halt before
0: it began. Uh, my other not this week is uh, Fred Hoiberg and his coaching staff's antics at the University of Nebraska right now. Uh, in the last week and a half, they have told three players from last year's team that they no longer have spots on the roster. Two of which are guys who spent the majority of the season injured. One of them blew out his Achilles in preseason, and the other one was hurt right at the end of the year uh, after being sick early in the season, didn't play in any of the non-conference, played in some of the conference games, and then got hurt again. Both of them were still rehabbing and all this stuff. And it had leaked that these guys were going to get, you know, were not going to come back, put their names in the transfer portal. And then they said that, no, that's not true, we're coming back from everything that it sounds like they had their meetings with the coaches that made it seem like they were going to come back. And then over the weekend, the coaches called them and told them that they would not have a spot on the team in Nebraska. Yeah. And the other kid that they had done this to was from Platteview, which is in Nebraska. And I I get it. If you don't think he's going to play for you, but I just, man, I just think that that's a really crappy way of doing business. Yeah, it is. And you know, Like pulling people's scholarships, telling them they don't got – well, you're not – I guess you're not technically pulling their scholarship. They sign a four-year deal. But when there's a coaching change, they are able to come in and say you won't have a spot on the team anymore. Yeah. And that uh, they can – they'll honor the scholarship for the next three years, but they won't be on the team. They just can't be on the team. Hmm. That is so weird to me.
1: It is very weird.
0: And especially... And I it's, feel like you don't ever hear about that. The part that makes
1: it worse for me is the fact that they are coming off injuries. Yeah. Because they never really got to prove themselves or make a case for why they should stay.
0: Right. Like, that's just... And I get... I mean, they've done well recruiting. They've got They got like the number two junior college kid in the country. They've got a transfer from Western Kentucky, a kid from Florida Gulf Coast as a grad transfer that's supposed to be good. Some other guys. But I don't... Why? Why, why do people like that? Yeah. I mean right now, there's three people from last year's team that will be back next year. Everybody wow. else will be brand new. I didn't realize that, yeah, Whew. that's a lot of turnaround. and one of them, I think in one of them it leaked that he was leaving too, but i don't but then, for some reason it it turns out that he is coming back ironically, he actually is from Iceland, so <laughs> that, that it all comes full circle. The reason they don't want him to come back is probably because Fred's a big mighty duck's 2 fan oh, there you go.
1: you have to i well, you probably have Fred's. F- number in your phone you can just ask him
0: and see and i mean if he didn't come back for whatever reason i don't know i assume he'll come back but based on the fact that these things leaked and then they said they were coming back and, and then they didn't <laughs> then they didn't come back i won't be shocked at all if he doesn't come back too yeah uh and then isaiah Roby has already entered into the nba draft if he goes and he's going to be at the combine next week uh-huh. so if he does well at the combine decides to stay in the draft there would be one guy wow they would have filled 12 scholarships in Man. theory, would have had to fill 12 scholarships to have a full team.
1: Yeah. So then on one hand, you can look at that and be like, wow, it sucks for Fred. On the
0: other hand, I mean. Does it suck for Fred or is it sucky by Fred? Maybe both. And his both. staff. Maybe both. Yeah. I think that it's probably sucky on their part. Yeah. The way of. It- just doing it that way. Yeah. You got to feel for those guys who got the boot. Yeah. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for those kids. They're both
1: freshmen. You don't know what their attitudes have been like behind the scenes too. That might've gone and do it as well. Yeah. that's important for a locker room, especially when, when you got a new coach coming in, but that's
0: just really weird. I, I don't think I've ever seen that before where he just comes in and tells everybody to leave basically. Yeah. And it's like, it's got that NBA mentality now. Well, that's what I was texting my dad about it. I, I feel like it's, it's a, it speaks volumes of what Fred thought of Tim Miles's talent evaluation. Yeah. You know? And, I don't know, whatever. But if you're going to be kicking people off the team like that, tell, or not kicking them off but telling them to, telling them to leave, you're not going to have many friends if you're not able to fill those spots with anybody of any quality. You're yeah. going to make yourself look awfully stupid.
1: And I wonder how much – I mean, I wonder how much that will be used against him on the recruiting trail.
0: That's, like- and, yeah, how's that good – recruiting
1: practices yeah because opposing coaches can look at that and say hey yeah if you go to nebraska this is how they're going to treat you
0: right ya. they're not scared at all to tell you you don't get your scholarship anymore and get get the hell out exactly that's that's really weird to me i don't know that really rubbed me the wrong way where i've been seeing this kind of stuff happen and i'm just like man i i don't like that yeah. I, I don't like that they're able to do that that's that's just really unfair just throw throw some more logs in the fire of the hate fred Hoiberg train i'm soured soured on the situation because mm. of this this is i don't know win some basketball games next year it might be different but that that's where i'm at right now where i'm like man you guys are not doing anything to make me feel better about this Well, hope you're gonna feel that way for the next what three or four months till basketball's back so yeah at least all right uh so that's uh that's that time for pick four guilty pleasure music x this yep. week so you, you, and you didn't really, you I, didn't follow the rules. I, I broke the rules, Yeah, but uh, I think it still applies technically. Yeah. You're doing
1: songs. I, I, I did songs. I don't really, I don't really have guilty pleasure acts that I follow. Like if, if, it, if a specific artist is not good in general, like I can, I consider a guilty pleasure act, uh, a song that's like people will make fun of you for listening to, or it's by someone who's not that sort of that great of an artist, but it's a, a catchy song, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, a lot of the people I picked I wouldn't listen to regularly, but I still enjoy the song.
0: Okay, yeah, I listen to all of mine pretty regularly. Okay,
1: so we we had a little bit uh, different uh, perspective here. So, how about you do yours first? Then you'll do you'll do, you'll do your acts.
0: Okay, so these are all bands or singers. Uh, the first one is Three Hundred Three. Do you remember them? I do. Um, they had one really big song. Don't trust month. me. That's right. Yeah, and yeah, they actually yeah. had a couple other. That, they, I think they put out one album, and then they did, like, a feature with Kesha or something like that. And, <laughs> and then they faded into a And their, their one album had some really good songs. And I'll just – I'll listen to that randomly sometimes. Yeah. But it came out in, like, 2008. And just there like was, a really random group. There was at one
1: point where I, you know, in, in the era of when you, you know, scoop the loop around town, mm-hmm. uh, you get in the car and like the people I was getting in the car with, we listen to that 303 song, like don't on re- trust me on yeah. repeat the yeah. entire time.
0: Yeah. No, they're just, they're one of those bands that when they come up, someone like if you're riding in the car with somebody and you're the DJ and that comes on, they look at you and they're like, <laughs> they're like, why are you listening to 303? Yeah. You know? But I I, I agree with you. That
1: that, that song's a jam,
0: that one. Yeah. Uh, My second one is Hank Williams Sr. I have no comment on this. I love Hank Williams, dude. This is my my absolute favorite sitting outside, having a beer and sitting in my rocking chair music. Hmm. Hank Williams. See, I know even less about
1: country than I do rap, so that's basically nothing. He's like a
0: country singer from the 50s. Mm -hmm. Sings like... Cause it hit, old, old, old school. Because his son, his son is in country as well, right? Yeah, he's the one who does the "Are You Ready for Some Football?" Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's where I knew the name. Yeah, that's Hank Williams Jr. Okay, uh, but no, Hank Williams Senior is one of the greats. Mm. All right, and I don't. For some reason, I started listening to him on Spotify. <laughs> I actually think I heard one of his songs on a TV show, and I liked it. And then I just started listening to his Spotify playlist. Gotcha. Uh, number three is Taylor Swift. Not new Taylor Swift, though. Yeah. Old school Taylor, Taylor Schwab. Old, old Taylor. Yeah. Like when we were in high school, Taylor. That's that's my girl.
1: What? Okay. So we. Every, I think everyone generally agrees that old Taylor was better than new Taylor. I, I think if you ask a lot of people, they'll all agree with that. But at what point, it, what song or album do you think that she finally started to like drop off?
0: What's the one that had 20... Is it 22? Yeah. Yeah. 22 is an hour. Or that, had, uh, I'm feeling 22 or yeah, this. yeah Yeah. Uh, the... Is that what's that called? Like the red album or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's the one that I think. Everything she started going down Yeah, everything changed. Yeah, she put out the ones when we were like in high school. and I thought I was still in on her, but like, then it was like when we got to college. everything she went mainstream. Yeah, I think one of the last uh good Taylor songs was uh, "Love Story." That was a pretty good one. Yeah, that was like her second album, I think. Yeah, or
1: no, that might have even been her first one. I think it was, I think it was her second. Okay. I'm pretty sure that was when I was a sophomore in high school. Sophomore, junior. And then there, there was definitely Taylor before that.
0: Okay. Uh. Yeah. No. Uh. Not the. Not anything new though. Mm. I saw Taylor in concert three years ago though, and it was, it was, it was, it was good. She's good in concert. The, as, as good as DMX though. Well, let's, let's <laughs> not get carried away. here. <laughs> no, that's like one of those concerts. I said I, I told you I was singing about how many concerts I've been to. Yeah. I always forget about that one. There's like a couple of them that I went to that were just really random that i'd always forget about so it didn't leave an imp- lastable impression on you it was just yeah was like i just went to a taylor swift concert yeah you know it's like i went to um i saw hopson mm-hmm. like the ill-mind of mm-hmm. uh have you you have probably haven't heard of him no nope. <laughs> well, i saw him and that was another one that i always forget about uh i saw uh macklemore yep I always think I always forget about that one because it was like after he had blew up after he blew up. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it was it was a really good show. But I for some reason, I just always forget that I went, went to that one. So
1: how did you get uh, how did you end up going to a Taylor Swift concert? Like, who would you go with? What uh, I went at my,
0: with my girlfriend at the time. But what oh, I you? think happened was my mom had bought tickets from her and my sister mm. and she was going to Omaha and Des Moines. And then somehow she ended up with tickets in both places. Oh. So she just gave the tickets to me gotcha. for the one in Des Moines, and I went. Didn't want to see Taylor back-to-back, back, huh? Yeah, no. I, 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 There was a lot of screaming girls there. <laughs> I imagine. What, imagine what the Jonas Brothers would be like. Oh, even
1: worse. Like, Jonas Brothers and I feel but like... But then the, the
0: second they played the year 3000, it would all be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there.
1: So all Fallout, boy.
0: That one was... That one was kind of interesting
1: they I bet they would put on a pretty good concert like I, I'm not a huge fan of their music half the time and especially when it gets overplayed on the radio but. they
0: played way too many of their new songs I wanted old Fall Out Boy yeah. I didn't know any of their new stuff I wanted like middle school Fall Out they were, Boy
1: they were a little bit more rocky back in middle school yeah
0: thanks for the memories and like yeah. Sugar We're Going Down that kind of stuff yeah uh, yeah I wanted all of that and they were playing way too much stuff that I'd never heard before mm-hmm. um, yeah that's that was another one that was just like I think they were coming and tickets were really cheap and I was just like I said to my friend hey you want to go to fallout Boy on Saturday so we went where was that at it was in Des Moines yeah at Wells Fargo at Wells Fargo yeah nice uh yeah i can't think of any other like random ones like that most of them are all or other ones are all yeah. legitimate people uh but then my last one this kind of is a segue blink 182 i love blink 182 i don't know if they're really a guilty pleasure i I think that that's pretty like well accepted. Like yeah, you can, yeah. you know, be a big Blink 182. fan. I think
1: if you were to walk up to someone in in, in random and say, "Hey, I'm a big Blink 182 fan," I don't think that would, you know, net you uh, a bad taste from them.
0: Yeah, but I can sit and listen to Blink 182 for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, I really like that vibe of music, and they are coming to Kansas City with Lil Wayne. Yeah, and it is gonna be probably the greatest concert in the history of america yeah it, that one might eclipse dmx that's quite it's quite the pairing and you wonder
1: like too why more artists don't like look at hey this is your t- this is the demographic that typically comes to your concerts and matches up with people who might not be in the same genre but get, get the same demographic see
0: but the thing is i've been to a Lil wayne concert and i don't think that the people that would go to a Lil wayne concert would be the same ones that would go to a blink 182 blink 182 hmm. but i also when i saw Lil wayne it was also with two chains of ti so it's <laughs> yeah. a little bit a little bit of a different show i'm sure a lot of people were
1: there for those those artists as well
0: dude ti did i don't think ti did more than maybe one of his own songs really maybe two a bunch of covers yeah he did paper trail like two songs off of paper trail uh the one with justin timberlake yeah and and another one uh oh he did uh bring him out which is a Absolutely horrible rap song, uh, and um, and then he did the the Robin Robin Thicke song. Oh yeah, what was that? What blurred was, lines. Yeah, blurred lines. Yeah, yeah. And he did the whole thing like him. Yeah. Not with Robin Thicke. It was him doing the song. Ah. Uh, and I was like, that yeah. sounds like it could be a disaster. I was right like, so. man, T I. I don't come to a T I concert to just hear hear, hear, you <laughs> yeah, hear you do. Robin Thicke. Yeah, hear you too, Robin Thicke, dude. <laughs> yeah, and that was like right at the peak of when that song was just getting really super annoying. Yeah.
1: That song was really overplayed when, when it hit its peak, for sure.
0: Yeah, that definitely was not a guilty pleasure. I could be perfectly happy with never hearing that song ever again in my entire life. I'm with you. I'm with you.
1: All right, what do you got? That kind of leads into my uh, list. So the, again, I went with specific songs, not artists. Um, but speaking of overplayed, Sucker by Jonas Brothers. Actually, it, even though it's overplayed... This is the new one, right? Yeah, their new one that's on the radio now.
0: I like that song.
1: Everybody I like it thought
0: too. it sucked when it first came out, and I was like, man, this song's really catchy. I don't know it what is. you guys it's are talking it's about. It's really catchy,
1: and honestly, I would rather listen to that multiple times over a lot of the other popular songs that are on the radio nowadays. I
0: can't even listen to like 105.1 or anything, because yeah. it's just it's this, it's the same songs over and over again.
1: 107.5 is the one that repeats so much, in my opinion. 105.1 is one, one, pretty repeat as well, but... Not as bad.
0: Yeah. If the Jonas Brothers did come to Des Moines, would you go? Would you consider going?
1: <laughs> if my wife wanted to go, I would go. Yeah. I think I would very seriously
0: consider that. Really? So you're, you're a bigger Jonas Brothers fan than I am. Like, I, I don't mind the Jonas Well, Brothers. it would depend on the cost of tickets. That's true. It's the same. Backstreet is coming to, uh, and I'm on the record a huge Backstreet <laughs> Boy guy. Yeah. Uh, they're coming to Kansas City, too. Mm-hmm. I very seriously am also considering going to that. And I think it's like on a Sunday. Yeah. The, actually, the Blink One Eight Two shows on a Sunday too. So, mm, so you're gonna you're gonna be a little bit groggy on Monday morning. Yeah, but if it's to go see Backstreet, like I feel like, you know, I feel like that's acceptable.
1: There are some there are some acts out there where even if they were to come on like a you know the middle of the week, you just have to go no matter what. Like
0: Dmx. Yeah. Like like Dmx. Yeah. Good example. All,
1: All right. right. Uh, my number three, Sandstorm by Darude, and this is kind of like you know just related to Iowa State. The finance.
0: EDM one. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Okay.
1: It's a, it's a guilty pleasure because lots of people like to make fun of it just being that, you know, general electronic yeah. song. But since I have so many memories that relate it to Iowa State, you know, positive things because they play it when so- Iowa State does something good, that's why it's my guilty pleasure. Moving on, number two, Toxic by Britney Spears. <laughs> it's just a flat out jam. No one can deny that when Toxic comes on, you, you, you turn it up on the radio. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah that, that's... Okay, uh, how about,
1: I, I know you're kind of giving me a face right now, but of all the Britney Spears songs, you, you would you choose Toxic as the one to listen to, or would you go with a different one? Absolutely not. Uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time. Nah, dude. That's not as good. No, it's, that. that's peak Britney. Hit Me Baby One More Time. Eh, it, I don't like that one as much. Toxic just has a way better, way better vibe to me.
0: Whatever, dude. All right. I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> I'm no Britney Spears uh, expert by any means, but I don't think that's a contest. Number one for me, My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas. Oh, my God. This is uh, it's just undeniably catchy. Um, it Black Eyed off.
0: Peas are douche rap. They're like the Florida Georgia line of rap.
1: I don't disagree. But My Humps with Fergie on the lead for that one, that was just a classic. Uh, it hit right in the, the middle school, early high school era. And it was just like perfect for jamming out with my friends.
0: When I say that, that they're, they're the Florida Georgia line of rap, don't get me wrong. I can get down to a good uh, Black Eyed Peas jam. But it's just one of those ones that every song they put out is so cheesy. It is. Although I would say I like, I like Pump It. Pump It's a, a fairly non-cheesy
1: song for yeah. them, I think. Let's get it started.
0: That, That's, uh, that one's... Iconic uh, song.
1: It's iconic, but I, I cannot listen to that anymore. I, I
0: had that. What, that album was called Ella Funk. Yeah. I had that one and uh, Speaker Box Love Below, Outkast. Yeah. Those are two of like my first rap CDs. Uh, and uh, uh, man... Uh, uh d12 yeah uh with eminem and all those guys kniva
1: yeah uh I, I, the we, my band i love album. my band i was just about to say that yeah yeah
0: yeah that's i had that one too nice i mean i had so i had uh dmx's greatest hits <laughs> the edited version yep uh Jayquan. i had a Jayquan. man I, i've i've I'm not proud of the of third grade Jared's music selection.
1: But, I mean, you, you're not proud of it, but at the same time, you can't really blame it because
0: you didn't know better back, know better no, back then. No, right. You hear one rap song, it's like, oh, this is a good rap song. Mm-hmm. Like, but my, I will stand by the fact that my band is a phenomenal song. It is. That is a high-level rap song. 100%. Yeah. Um, Outstanding video, too. To close on my humps, uh, to
1: add to its awesomeness is the fact that Michael Scott had it as his ringtone for a long, for a long time. So,
0: I'll, I will close with that. All right, that's that. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll uh, talk to you guys again next week. Peace.